destroy all children is a website just for you If playing with video games is what you like to do Or riding your brain with comics and first run movies too We've got a great selection of news and reviews So search us out on the web, you just won't get enough Of all our digital madness and other fancy stuff We'll also make you laugh until your tummy's feeling buff Destroy all children you should go there now. Yeah. Hello and welcome to Destroy All Children. Knowing me, Larry Davis. Knowing you, George Brundle. Aha. Uh-huh. Flawless victory. Shut up. This is a odd day to be recording this week, but you're getting your second shot tomorrow, apparently. That's and... right. Yeah. So we're kind of working around this Also, change in format I have determined We're going to get this We're going to rein it in The show has gotten ridiculous It has gotten too long most weeks And unfocused And so we are going to stick to uh, Specific (laughs) topics Like we used to Back in the day before you got freaked out About a possible copyright claim Which is not true What? Hold on a second we're making it more focused. Remember yeah. when we did the original version of this podcast and it was just going to be mm-hmm. about old games and What's it was that? a goddamn mess because we never stayed focused? I don't know what you're talking about. This week, the first topic. Mortal Kombat, the movie, 2021, released, directed by somebody? Starring some yeah. guy who is Simon, not a character from Simon the games. McQu- Simon McQuad, I think is the guy's name. That doesn't M-C-Q-U-O-I-D. sound right. M C Q U O I D. McQua. Weird. Yeah. Anyway, that's the director. I don't I actually don't know what else he's done. Probably nothing. I think about it. Uh, I kind of need to look that up. But yeah, this. Uh, yeah, an Australian filmmaker best known for directing the 2021 reboot of Mortal Kombat. That's <laughs> it. Uh, McQuad was also known for his background in directing commercials. I've now read to you the entire Wikipedia article for Simon McQuad. Fantastic. I mean, this movie also stars uh, mostly nobody you would recognize, and then also Joe Taslam. Uh, yes. So, yeah. That's good. Uh, yeah, this was made on a budget of $50 million. What? Uh, and in some parts of the movie, it definitely shows that this was oh, made on a budget. I, I was thinking that seems high, actually. Really? <laughs> then it was okay. like, oh right, movies are ridiculously expensive, so that's cheap for this type of yeah. movie. Yes, it is. Uh, the I think the places where that is most felt, like that specific budget, is when they do like shots that are very pulled out in fantasy environments, and the characters are kind of like composited into the shot, and they look very out of place. Those oh, yeah. shots are completely unconvincing. Uh, the whole fight with Goro, uh, probably a little little bit past the midway point of the movie. Like he's lit differently than the scene that he is in. <laughs> so yeah, gets a little Shrekky at times. Yeah, that's I think that is towards the end of them having a budget for this movie. They're like, oh shit, we have to have a fight with Goro. Oh, how much we got left? Twelve bucks. We can make it work. I mean, um, that's also harder to do than just like. Insert yeah. lasers from Kano's eyes Things like that Yes they, Also I think that they spent quite a bit of money Splitting that one woman in half Because that I mean... looked very very good <laughs> Well 
Also, though, to their credit, it seems like they did have actual people fighting uh, fairly often yeah, in this. It, yeah. it wasn't you know, just like that nonsense, like from the end of Black Panther or that part in Blade Two, where it's oh, just yeah. like now they're turning into flubber. Yes. Um, so I guess we kind of get into what the plot of the movie is. The plot which... is Mortal Kombat. It's Mortal Kombat. Uh, Earth Realm is one tournament away from getting invaded, uh, and Oh god, what's the character's name? Um, not Scorpion, the guy Sub-Zero? that they made for this movie. Oh no, <laughs> no, no. The, we have an original oh, character who is like, like the Joe, audience surrogate. Joe, Joe, Jojo. Jojo. Yes, Jojo. <laughs> is it's Scorpion's like a really generic. Song. I just watched this movie yeah. a few hours ago. I can't remember what his Me name too. was. I literally, the thing that I finished doing right before sitting down to record this podcast was I watched this movie and I do not remember this character's name. It's, it's, I'm looking at the like, cast list on Google and Cole? he's not even listed. Great. Yes, that's it. It's Cole. Yeah. Cole something. The, the, the main cast list for this movie on Google, if you just search Mortal Kombat 2021 cast, he does not even appear in like the top two rows for this thing, even though he's ostensibly the main character. Yeah, so for some reason they decided to take the approach with this movie that the main character should be like a create a character from the conquest mode in Armageddon. Like you're just this <laughs> generic guy who appears and he's, I guess, supposed to be the audience surrogate, except that's what yeah. like Johnny Cage is supposed to be. He's supposed to be the regular Earth Realm doofus who shows up and then somehow becomes a hero. Instead yeah. of... Like, Johnny Cage is not in this movie. No, why? Why he's did they... teased at the very end. Yes, they but, should have had yeah. Scott Adkins, a hero to everybody and master of direct-to-video kung fu movies, uh, as Johnny Cage. It would have been perfect. But yeah, instead we get this goober, whose special power is that he can get hit. Yeah. Yeah. This guy, that's this whole thing you know at the start actually... of the movie. They're like, "You're the human punching bag," and so his power is just like when he develops his power later on in the movie, because like a, a component of this. Of the, of the characters and their arcs in this movie is finding their unique ability, kind of like how uh, Liu Kang can shoot fireballs. Each character needs to find their own power. For Kano, it's his eye laser. Uh, for Jax, it's more robot arm. <laughs> yeah, well, good good thing he lost <laughs> Which... his arms because apparently his only power is make metal arms stronger. Yes. Um, here's the problem: this they did uh, the Muppets movie with this. Like mm-hmm. this guy is the Walter. Basically, yeah, yes, that that sounds about right. He just is kind of a was, nothing character. Just as it was a mistake in the Muppets, it is a mistake yeah. in Mortal Kombat twenty twenty one. He has he is as generic as a character can be designed to be. Yeah, yeah, weird His shaped head too. Neat, I guess, yeah, but I I think for me the issue that I have with him is that he is supposed to be directly related to Scorpion. Yeah. And so the entire time that he's on the screen, I just keep thinking, where's Scorpion? And you don't want the audience to think, where's Scorpion? I know. Well, Scorpion appears at the very end like a Final Fantasy summon. Like, <laughs> it, he's just like, he's fighting Sub-Zero and, well, we'll get to it eventually. But yeah. Uh, also, I hate his like little uh, pre-teen mustache and goatee attempt. It looks terrible. Yeah. I don't like anything yeah. about this guy. Bad actor. Nothing about him good. I guess he can punch good. Well yes. enough. Uh, so this movie opens, though, on a very familiar scene to people who have played Mortal Kombat games, which is uh, Bihan uh, killing 
Scorpion's family and then eventually Scorpion and Scorpion vowing revenge. Like, I think that was in the last game, too. It's been uh, part of the lore of Mortal Kombat. I don't know. Well, actually, I never finished the uh, story mode of 11. I didn't play much of it, but they mention it in X, but I'm not sure. Like, you don't actually see it happen. Well, it was also in that web series that they did, too. Okay, I, I didn't right. watch that. Because all. All of this, I watched it because when I bought the two-pack of the original two Mortal Kombat movies that included that, and I figured I needed to every part of the buffalo that thing. <laughs> sure. Um, but, yeah, this is like, all of this is very familiar to me, the stuff at the opening of the movie. It kind of just felt like going through the motions. Uh, it felt like dead on. Like, I'd need to watch them side by side to tell, but it felt like it was pretty much just lifted from that web series. Okay. Uh, it's fine. It's it's just kind of treading old ground. It felt very Mortal Kombat to me because it's been an established part of Mortal Kombat. And then they changed gears completely over to Cole. And I was immediately taken back out of the movie because I don't give a shit about any of the stuff that has to do with Cole in this thing. Well, I don't also... understand why somebody else couldn't have been the audience surrogate, like you said, Johnny Cage. Kano, for the most part, felt like things were being explained to him for the yeah. first time. Well, Kano is like I understand the best part of this make... movie. Yes, uh, but I understand you probably can't make Kano your audience surrogate. The audience should not relate to Kano. No. Um. Also, I appreciate how they are really devoted to giving you the origins of every aspect of the characters, including Scorpion Spear, which is just like <laughs> this thing they were using to dig in the plants, and then he attached a rope to it to swing it around at these guys. Yeah. It's like, okay, sure, why not? To I be fair, say... though, Jack's getting his arms ripped off is really really good it is also <laughs> i at first i thought it was going to be like a tekken where every character just speaks their own language but they all understand each other somehow but then <laughs> hanzo says the thing where he's like i don't know what you're saying but i'm still going to continue to talk at you uh, at the beginning part and then later scorpion still says get over here and then he just speaks in japanese to cole who clearly does not understand what he's saying but he just leaves that stuff is all real good too. It I is. liked that. I like that the one English phrase that Scorpion understands is "get over here." <laughs> well, sure. And Maybe... for a movie that had to explain every single other facet of character origins, or even like the origins of items and locations, like I really wanted them to explain why Scorpion just understands <laughs> "get over here." Maybe that's not actually him saying it. Maybe that's like his, like the spirit form of him or something. It's just whenever he does that move, it. Makes that <laughs> voice clip appear. Nobody says toasty in this either, which no. is odd. A surprising amount of restraint. Well, like they've got people saying fatality and flawless victory. Yes, but there are and all things. those lines are even more out of place than they were in the original uh -huh. movie, which makes them better. It's there are some <laughs> very strange omissions though, which we'll get to. Yeah, later. There's no finish him right. No, no finish him Okay um, And just, there was one scene in particular I found really bizarre That they went the way they did with it But And just talk about it, tell me Okay What's the scene? At the end, they, um, Jax fights, fights the guy at the pit Yeah And he just does his finisher, his fatality on him He doesn't uppercut him off the bridge into the spikes Why would oh, yeah. you have it on a pit when you don't do that? Like, yeah, he could have done that anywhere pit? That's true. I do like him smashing the guy's head and though and saying that his arms work. Yeah. Sure. 
<laughs> like, I mean, okay, yeah. Jax. I mean, that you already knew that they did, but okay. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, there, there's... um. This movie also sets up quite a bit of stuff for, like, you know, presumably they'll get a sequel. Uh, considering mm-hmm. this was made on a budget of $50 million, be surprising to me if it doesn't get its money back at the very least. Yeah, I feel like. Uh, however, they factor people, that through HBO Max. Enough people like talking about it at least that, given its budget, yeah. it'll probably do fine. They're making a sequel to Sonic the Hedgehog, and from what I remember, that movie did not perform ridiculously well. Like it made enough to get a sequel, I guess. Uh, so it'd be surprising to me if Mortal Kombat also does not get a sequel at this point. Um, but yeah, like. They they set up Kano's eye probably getting turned into like a little robot eye. They stab it out at the end of the movie. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, you got the stuff with dead, uh, Johnny Cage being set up because his mark like transfers to Sonya, so he's dead. Yeah, Although they could bring Mortal him back. Kombat, though. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They'll find a way to bring him. Like, like come on. That that is something I enjoyed about this is that they do a lot of stuff that would normally kill someone. Like in that opening fight with Sub-Zero, like, they're just getting stabbed deep into the torso. It's just like, eh, yeah, it takes off, like, 20% of their HP. Yeah, uh, Scorpion gets his head bashed against a rock no less than three times, I think. I feel like, or maybe it was just because it was fast, I thought there was a part at the end where it looked like Sub-Zero, like, cut Scorpion's arm off, and then it was just back again? Maybe it No, would... I think that's just because okay. it... Yeah, I, I that doesn't sound too familiar to me. But like even then, the stuff at the end of that, most of those would have been fatal blows. Yeah, yeah. Um, it is surprising to me the amount of abuse Sub Zero takes at the end of the movie, and does like they keep setting it up like, oh, this is the finishing blow, right? No, the next one's surely the finishing <laughs> blow. No, okay, then the next one, right? It, dude gets murdered like ten times before he actually dies. Yeah. Uh, but you do have a. I guess also, by the way, warning about spoilers, even though we've already <laughs> just spoiled the tremendous spoil part of the movie. About Mortal Kombat. Mortal Kombat, yeah, who the fuck cares? Uh, Shang Tsung at the end of the movie does show up, and I, so I had a moment where I thought, like, surely the Sub-Zero fight was not the final fight of the movie. They were going yeah. to fight Shang Tsung. You'd see Raiden actually fight him or something like that. They don't do that. Like, I checked the... Uh, timeline and it was like oh there's only like five minutes left in this movie so i guess it's just over uh yep. so that's presumably set up for the next one i'm sure in the next movie you'll see raiden fight uh shang Tsung will probably fight but he mentioned stuff like oh you might have killed my fighters but eh, that's just a passage and so he i guess is setting up probably uh sub-zero becoming noob cybot well uh, so yeah Goro, like that's the thing like at the end um I thought Sub-Zero's costume kind of sucked, actually. Yeah. Like, he looks, like, yeah. too thin, really. Like, when he takes off the armor at the end, it's obviously supposed to look more like Noob Saibot. I thought he looked a lot better. Yeah. He's no Keith Cook. Uh, sh- sure. Who is? <laughs> really, um, who's Keith Cook? That's what I'm asking. He played, uh, he played Sub-Zero in, uh, oh, Annihilation? What's the second Mortal Kombat new movie? Yeah, it's, it's Annihilation, Annihilation. right? Okay. I don't know why I keep thinking it's called something else, but yeah, he played Sub-Zero in that. I feel like Raiden, sorry, Raiden, um, I appreciate they still call him Raiden in this, uh, should be a white guy, because that makes it way stupider and funnier. Yes. No, they should have, so, if I could make some casting decisions in this movie, I would have just cast Raiden and Shang Tsung as the actors from the original Mortal Kombat movies. 
like they are they are beloved elements of the original fran- film franchise. I think that no one would have minded them coming back. I mean, like they, uh, Shang Tsung, um, Carrie Hiroyuki Tagawa, I think is his name. Like he yeah. was back in Mortal Kombat 11. He just voiced Shang yeah. Tsung again. Yeah, he's perfect. Yeah. Like honestly, just bring him back. He would have been like Shang Tsung in this movie is totally fine. But yeah, like fine. I would have, it would have been a like real treat for Raiden. me as a fan. Yeah, I didn't like Raiden either. He, I, the first scene he was in between like the echoing, like the reverb in that chamber and his accent, I couldn't understand what the fuck he was saying. Yeah, it was pretty difficult at times. Like, dub yeah. him over or something. But even then, the, the sound mixing in that scene is all over the place because, yeah. like, the other characters, when they talk to him, sometimes they also echo and then sometimes they do not. I thought it was funny how the first reveal of him, like, he looks up and you see the glowing eyes and it's dramatic, and then the next time you see him, it does the exact same thing. <laughs> sure. Why not? That should be every time he's on the screen. He should just have, like, the front part of his face is covered by that hat, and he looks up. There should be, like, a slow pull-in on him. Yeah, okay. (sighs) Yeah. Still should be Christopher Lambert. It should be Christopher Lambert. The next movie, for no reason whatsoever, it should just be Christopher Lambert. They should do the same thing where his face is obscured by the mask, and then he he looks up, and it's Christopher Lambert, and you're like, oh, shit, they recast him. (laughs) Yeah. It should be one of those things where like it, they don't tell anyone they cast Christopher Lambert, but then like a set photo gets out and then they're like, no, he's just he's cameoing, but he's playing like a different character. Yeah. He's not calm. Or even then, no. Or just fuck it. He's like he's just another version of that character from a different timeline or something. They just Star Trek it. Uh, sure. <laughs> just like whatever. We're mo- we're merging these two things. So uh, plot, plot. Going back to the beginning, well, it goes. Yes. It goes to Cole. He's getting beat up, uh-huh. and then uh oh, he's got the mark. Sub Zero's coming for you, baby, because he's trying to wipe out all the people of Hanzo's lineage, which also includes Jax. Yeah. Okay. I mean, sure. Why not? I mean, it could. <laughs> but... you know, it could split off a long time ago. That that could happen. Yeah. Who says who fucked who in Mortal Kombat? It can really anybody can fuck anybody. Yeah. Uh, I mean, but I guess technically, like, if it can also transfer, like, from killing the other person with the mark, like, it doesn't really matter. Anybody could have well, them. But then they, I so I kind of got up and went to make myself a cup of coffee during this, and I probably shouldn't have. But I thought that Sonya explained that like Jax killed somebody who had the mark, and the mark transferred onto him. Possible. I, was I know mostly, that happened to Kano. Yes, I'm mostly focused on how, uh, for one thing, Jax drives an SUV. Yeah. Second, he calls it a truck for some reason. Well, uh, you know, in the script, it probably said one thing, and then when they got to set, <laughs> they had another. Uh, third, he and Sonya's base is in Gary, Indiana, uh, which is <laughs> one of the weirdest places to have like a uh, base of operations. I thought that's where Outworld was. I'm familiar with Gary, Indiana. <laughs> I mean, kind of. No, you that, cannot convince it, me that is not saying June's base of operations. I mean, it is a nether realm of its own way, I suppose. <laughs> um, well, they have this line where he's just like, if you don't go there, you and your family are going to end up in a grave. And I'm thinking, like, if they go to Gary, Indiana, <laughs> they're going to end up in a grave. What the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. Uh, 
I will say like Jax and Sonya both really good in this uh, Sonya yeah. especially Was really good casting I thought Looked the part pretty good It it wasn't Ronda Rousey So oh, I no. was happy with it No no <laughs> As far as I'm aware Sonya Blade's actress has never des- denied Like Sandy Hook so we're all cool <laughs> Well let's not dig too deep into it Because you never know what will happen Look, Haywire good movie And then yeah. Gina Carano had to say some things Sure. This is a cast of nobodies. We have no idea what they've said in the past. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I liked Sonia. Her whole thing in this is really badly wanting to be part of this, but since she doesn't have the mark, she's kind of not allowed. Like she can't can't go down into the pit to fight with everybody else. Uh when she's almost killed by Melina, Melina's just like, nah, your death wouldn't mean anything to me because you don't got the mark. That's a messed up. Uh, yeah. Mean. They say some terrible things to her. Also, she just wants to right. belong somewhere. I have a problem with Melina. Mm. She's just wandering around without a mask on. Yeah, it's hot. No. I like it. <laughs> but the, like, I like that fucked up mouth. That's supposed to be Melina's whole thing. Is that like she looks normal until she's about to chomp you, and then she pulls the mask off. And you're like, why? Yeah. Instead, she looks like a Jared Leto at the end of Justice League. <laughs> yeah, just a basically. Bunch of shit wiped over her mouth. Yeah. Like she um, just finished a big plate of barbecue. <laughs> <sighs> uh, I would totally watch her just completely shred meat off of like rib <laughs> with that mouth. Yeah, it's just like Molina versus food. Yeah, just spins it around. Sounds like a buzzsaw. It'd be great. <laughs> she just gets one of those <laughs> giant like hunks of gyro meat and is just like using a like spinning around like a big corn on the cob. <laughs> Oh god, oh what what do they call that? Mukbang? I'd I watch guess. Melina Mukbang. Yeah. <laughs> sure. <laughs> uh but yeah, so they, they all um they go to the, the, the temple where Liu Kang is hanging out. Oh, I should mention the the stuff with Kano. Kano is uh taken captive by Sonya and he basically he knows where this uh temple is at Raiden and the rest of the Earth Realm fighters are hanging out. So they need him to get over there. Uh, and for a while in this movie, I thought, like, are they actually going to, like, make Kano kind of a good guy? Like, I know he's a soldier of fortune kind of thing, and he's got a price. And so maybe in this movie he fights for the Earth Realm, but in the next movie, someone else offers him more money and he changes sides. Uh, they just end up doing that towards the end of this one. So yeah. he's a bad guy. Uh, but but yeah. all his stuff is fantastic. His actor, uh, Josh Lawson, is fantastic. Yeah, and that's the weird thing because when the images of it came out, I was like, "That's not Kano," but he is very good. He still doesn't look like Kano, really. Uh, no, and that's kind of strange that they make the laser eye like his special magic power uh, instead of just he has a robot eye. But yeah, eh, you know, whatever. What else? Like I'm getting all excited that he's got a laser <laughs> eye. Yeah, better than fireballs, you pussy. That was pretty good. It's <laughs> great. Or a dumbass hat. Yeah, he's really angry about that hat. Frisbee hat. I really yeah. like when they're training and uh, Kung Lao. I, I think it was Kung Lao. Just keeps doing a sweet move on him over and over. Yes, that is very appropriate for like a movie based on a fighting game. Just yeah. that somebody who has no idea what they're doing against someone experienced will just get hit by the same move over and over and over. Also, again. that he's just like, what? Don't you have any other moves? Come on. Yeah. It's like he's gonna start complaining <laughs> um, that throws are cheap. <laughs> no juggling. <laughs> it's 
Stop! Come on, we're playing Tekken. Uh, no juggling. <laughs> yeah, um, they they all head to the uh, the temple, and this is where they are informed that like, oh well, you got to unlock your uh, they call it Arcana, I think is what yeah. it was. Yeah, they got to unlock their Arcana. Um, my my issue with that word, by the way, is it just makes me think of Persona. Yep, me too. So I, my I, my dumb disease RPG brain. I think they're saying Kana, not Arcana. Maybe, yeah. Because, Again, yeah, the I, sound mixing in this movie is not great. Yeah. There's a lot of lines that ended up kind of getting muffled under other stuff, and I wasn't or, quite sure. Or it could be like Akana or something like. I just don't think it's Arcana because that would be like something else. Anyway, they're there to unlock their Arcana. Yeah. And everyone, they they explain you all got a special power. You're like guys. You're like mutants from X Men. Mm-hmm. That's all I gotta say to explain it. You're just like mutants. You all have your own power. This is much better than the New Mutants, by the way. Well, I'm not gonna argue that. I haven't Terrible even seen movie. New Mutants, but I'm pretty sure that this is better than New New Mutants. Um, Absolutely. But yeah, so they they all gotta discover their power. Uh, which again, Kano he has his scene where he gets his laser eye, but uh, Clark, what's the main character's name again? Uh, Cole. Thank you. See, I already forgot. <laughs> I, I talked about it like do. 10 minutes ago. Cole, he's struggling to unlock his power because Cole fucking sucks. His whole thing up to this point in the movie is he's a terrible fucking fighter. He had like one fight that he won in his younger days, and he's still remembered for that. But he's kind of like a laughing stock now in like the underground MMA, like fighting society or whatever. Like he's just there to take a bunch of hits and tap out. And so when they're actually trying to get him to unlock his power, it's just a lot of scenes of him getting his ass beat and everyone kind of going like, God, you you just need to go. This yeah. is not working out. You're related to Scorpion? What the fuck? Oh, also, though, before this, they do fight uh, Reptile, who in this movie is just like the lizard from yeah. Spider-Man, which I'm not an a fan lizard. of. Me um, either. But I do like the bit where Kano stabs a few uh flare, not fuse, a flare to him so he can like see where he's running around and then rips his heart out and says yes. Kano wins. Yes. <laughs> that was pretty they good. They should have put a gi on that lizard, but otherwise I liked that scene. Yeah. And by that I mean it should have just been the same exact lizard running around <laughs> like a lizard, but they should have just put a gi on it for no reason at all. I still, I still think it should have just been a lizardy guy like he is in the games. But disagreed. It uh, should be a merging of these two things because it would be the most ridiculous. All right. Um, but uh, eventually, Raiden's just like, "Okay, Cole, go home to your family. You suck. Go home and be uh, a family is, man." Yeah, this is all. The, game. It's all about family, Larry. Yeah. Uh, but he is. This is actually part of uh, Raiden's three-dimensional chess because he knows that Cole's family is going to get attacked. And that will unlock his uh, arcana, which is fucked up on Raiden's part. Yeah. Well, like so, just endangering this guy's family because it's the only way to get this done. But like it ends up working Goro, and he gets the suit. Goro is like a magical damage. beast like from another realm, but he yeah. can just be injured by a lady swinging an axe at him. Sure. All right. It's an axe. You ever cut yourself with an axe? It hurts. Sure, but you would think that they would... Like that wouldn't really do much to a uh, giant ogre man. Oh, that's a fair point. I'm not a giant ogre man, so that might be why. Giant ogre men are like onions. They have layers. And sometimes those layers can get hurt by axes. That's right. 
Yeah, so he gets the suit that absorbs blows and I guess makes him stronger. It gives him like some little tonfas too. I was confused about his power, actually, because I wasn't sure if it was making him stronger because he never has like... There's other characters that the more they take damage, the stronger they become. And this is usually communicated by them like they glow and then they release all the damage energy. Yeah, it's like the Black Panther suit. That's what seems like at yeah. first, because he like yeah he gets hit and it sort of glows there, but no, I don't think it actually does anything. Yeah, nothing ever happened. It just it just glows, and then the energy that it it kind of like recedes, and so I'm I'm taking it that makes him stronger, but it's never really communicated visually that that is what it does. I don't think so. Uh, but he is he able to summon even... the Tomfa. Yeah, but he couldn't even like take on Sub Zero solo at the end. Yeah. Uh, and you would think that if Sub-Zero is savaging you and you're building up power by getting attacked, then you'd get strong real fast fighting Sub-Zero. Uh, but yeah, he mostly loses that fight until Scorpion shows up. Um, yeah, he de- he develops the Tomfa with it, so I then kind of switched gears and thought that the more damage he takes, the more he could create different weapons. And then that's mm. not communicated well, because he only ever has the knife and the Tomfa. Yeah, I don't so, think he... I don't think that's true. I think it's just those are what he can make. Yeah, so I have no idea what Cole's power is supposed to be other than he has a suit that glows and he can summon those two specific weapons. I think it's supposed to be like related to his scorpion lineage somehow because if you remember it shows like the uh the sort of dagger that or the spear the scorpion has and like this material wraps around it and it looks very yeah. similar to the stuff that his armor is made out of and his tonfas and so, stuff so when that first started happening, I was worried that they were going to go in the direction of making him into Scorpion. Like, oh. not actually Scorpion comes out through him, but he becomes, like, another Scorpion. And that would have been very disappointing to me that this just cold, this nothing of a character would end up becoming, like, elevated to Scorpion status. Like, that yeah. would bug the hell out of me. So thankfully they didn't go in that direction. They gave him some other power that I cannot, like, actually discern what the point of it is. I mean, um, Cole is like, he's right on the verge of being a Mary Sue, except he sucks. Yeah. And so, yeah. like, he doesn't really qualify for it. Instead, it's like he's someone just... making a Mary Sue, but with some amount of, like, you know, I, I want to be in this thing, but also I kind of suck, so maybe the character I make should suck too. Yeah, again, it's like you create a character that they didn't put any skill points into. Yeah. Yeah. Like just well, all put all they put all his points in health. That's it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, they they all kind of um. So we're kind of skipping some steps here. Sang, Shang Soon is trying to uh, you know, in in true sanctioned fashion, skirt the rules of Mortal Kombat, kill a bunch of fighters off so we can ensure an easy final victory. Uh, so he's trying to invade the temple. He eventually does so with the help of Kano, and he kind of just fucks up all of the earth fighters but in doing so he makes them stronger (laughs) which oops dude if you just like committed to the tournament everyone in earth realm would have died because they sucked yeah and like i can't believe that this character showed up multiple times took a look at everybody was like wow these guys seem like they fucking suck and didn't just decide maybe we should do the (laughs) tournament anyway yeah this seems like this would go perfectly for me yeah let's hold a tournament assholes but Mm -hmm. Instead of backfires, uh, the Earth Realm decides to fight back. They end up using Raiden to kind of 
take uh, Sanction's fighters and put them into different locations so they can get in one-on-ones with, with each of the main characters. Uh, but all that is shot almost like a montage. They get through it very quickly. Also, uh, I like how Wayne first stuff shows there, up, though. like, uh, he sends Natara to fight Kung Lao, and she does, like, nothing. There's just, like, this really bad CGI part of her, like, tumbling around with him in the air, and then he does the thing where he saws her in half and says, flawless victory. Yeah, so it's um, great. But then Kung Lao gets his soul sucked, which Cabal yeah. helpfully says, he's getting his soul sucked. <laughs> I uh, love the screen they make when they get their soul sucked. And C- Cabal's great, by the way. He has this yeah. New York accent that's really weird. Like, I don't think Cabal ever sounded like that in the games. I think he is from New York, but he never yeah. had that he's, accent. He's wise cracking all the time. He's a he's a fun character. I like the design that they have for him a whole lot. Yeah, I like Cabal uh, in general. I, he's got hook swords. Yeah. They're both a hook and a sword. <laughs> He is ate by a giant fire dragon too, while he's standing in like a tar pit. Well, so like I'm the, excited the, for him to come fire, back in the next movie. The fire dragon bites him, but doesn't actually do anything. It just like makes him catch on fire. Yeah. Have you uh, seen the actor who plays Cabal? No. Okay. You should look him up. He does not look at all like what you would expect Cabal to look like underneath that mask. Uh, he's a uh, Damon Harriman. He played Charles Manson. Okay. That's the only other role that I know him in, so just imagine taking off Cabal's Wait, helmet, and it's just Charles in, uh, Manson under in there. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? Uh, I think... No, he's it, it's something else that he plays him in, oh. I'm pretty sure. Okay. Or wait, maybe he... Oh, God, I don't know. I looked this up beforehand, and when I was looking at pictures of him, it was a lot of him next to Charles Manson. Yeah. <laughs> so I know he played Charles Manson. Okay, yeah, uh, He played... Yeah. Uh, and, yeah, he played... and Mindhunter He was Charles Manson in both of them actually But he was doing oh, really? Unjustified Yeah I was about to mention he was in <laughs> Justified too um, Yeah that's Cabal apparently well, <laughs> He it's... looks not at all like he... what you would expect He's listed as Cabal voice So Yeah sure but still Yeah, yeah. You would imagine that being the voice It's like you, you take Darth Vader's helmet off And you would expect that it would be James Earl Jones Under there but instead it's you know Some Eggman yeah, it's Dr. Robotnik. Mm-hmm. He was Darth Vader the whole time. Uh, so yeah, they, they take out most of uh, Outworld's fighters, and all that leaves is Sub-Zero, uh, which they decide they're all going to take on at once, but uh-oh, Sub-Zero has kidnapped Cole's family. So it's mostly Cole versus Sub-Zero for a bit before he pulls out Scorpion's dagger and summons him from fucking hell, and yep. it's great. Uh-huh. It's so really I, good. I have risen from hell to kill you. Yeah. Uh, you, you do at least get his uh, finisher where yep. he takes his mask off and he turns into a skull man. Mm-hmm. Although he doesn't go like full skull. It's just no. like, you know, half his half his face turns into a skull. Yeah. I like how he says something like, you thought I would burn in the fires of hell, but I mastered them to kill you with instead or something. It's yeah, pretty good. It's good. I so there's a bit at the end where he takes his mask off and he tells Cole protect my lineage, uh, and it would have been really good if instead he went full skull burning <laughs> Sub Zero and then put the mask back on and turned over to Cole and pulled it off and it's just a whole ass skull under uh, there just clacking his teeth together going <laughs> protect my lineage. I thought for sure Cole was going to say something like, "I have no idea what he said to me," but <laughs> yeah, what the. 
the was that fucking Japanese? <laughs> I I just like how Scorpion loves taking his mask off. Like he takes it off, to say like, "Hey, remember my face," and then puts it back yeah. on, and then later takes that it off. That time makes again. sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The first time makes sense, but he's he's taking it off all the time after that, like a Marvel movie character, mm-hmm. where you can't just leave the mask on. You got the actor. You paid the money. You have to show the actor's face. Well, same so thing. You can't with, have the mask on with the guy with his special armor. It doesn't cover the head. Which, like, yeah. that's something you want to cover in Mortal Kombat Because people are getting their heads punched off oh, all yeah. the time Yeah People will uppercut no, I... you eight times And explode you into 20 rib cages That is something that bugs me about Like, movies like this Specifically the Marvel movies Where you have the character And you just always have them with the mask off Like, Tony barely has the Iron Man helmet on Yeah, I mean, that goes Captain back America's to Captain America's never wearing his I, I hate it That was always a problem it. with Spider-Man you always got yeah. a face full of Tobey Maguire Yep, it's either the mask is completely off Or it's like battle damaged And you yeah. see most of Tobey Maguire coming through it Like, the only one of those movies To really get it right Is Dread Where they left the yeah. mask on the entire time That's right uh, All superhero you know movies should aspire to be Dread also, Is what I'm saying Willem Dafoe He kept that Green Goblin mask on uh, most of the time There's the one time at the end where he took it off And it made sense to take uh, it sure. off I guess like the Batman movies The Christopher Nolan ones Like he's not fighting as Batman in the Batman armor Without the mask on So that's good too Yeah Just a shame that one third of that franchise is unwatchable Yeah Also I don't like Christian Bale as Batman Really Constantly mouth breathing And the like well, Christian so Bale I'm doing a gruff voice stuff is. Yeah, it's fine Yeah but you don't <laughs> I don't want to completely sidetrack this here, but it's also the dumbest thing in the world to me. They didn't just, Larry, no, <laughs> gotta back up off the mic. Swear to me. What? Where's Harley, Dad? Where are the other bombs? Why didn't they like give him nose holes? What was the fucking point of that? I don't know. <laughs> it makes no sense. Why would Batman intentionally design his suit where it inhibits his ability to breathe? <laughs> I mean. Look, it took him a long time to figure out he should make it so he can move his neck. That's okay, sure. Bruce is a dumbass in the Nolan trilogy, I guess. So it's in character, fine. Moving on. What are your thoughts on Mortal Kombat 2021, Larry? I found it a good time at the movies. By which I mean watching it uh, not at the movies. Which is the best way to watch anything. Um... That is not at the movies. Uh, I. Th- it was. Fine. I think if I paid, I think if I paid money and I saw this in an actual movie theater, I'd be disappointed by a significant chunk of the movie where it's just yeah. Cole. Like it really easily, the worst part of the movie is the Cole character. He doesn't really. He's not much of a character. He's the audience surrogate, yet he's not that relatable. Uh, I am kind of bothered by the fact that he is related to Scorpion. And in doing so, you get more coal than you get Scorpion. Mm-hmm. Again, never should I say where's Scorpion while this, watching a Mortal Kombat movie. If they do a sequel, he should just die immediately. Like, he should be the first yes. person to get killed off. Just like Johnny Cage. <laughs> the difference there, though, is you don't want to kill off Johnny Cage because Johnny Cage is the best. Yeah. But I feel like they already kind of killed off Johnny Cage because we got no Johnny Cage in this movie, which is another blight on it. Well, that's what I'm saying. Then the second just repl- like Johnny Cage shows up at the beginning and then Cole immediately dies. Yeah. And so Johnny Cage is now taking his place. That actually should be how it goes. Like in finding Johnny Cage, 
Cole should die. Yeah. And then Johnny Cage is like, well, I gotta, like, this guy's dying breath. He's telling me I gotta, like, take up the fight. I gotta prove myself. Also, something like that. I like how they're talking about, and they show, like, it takes a while for them to learn their arcana, but then, like, Sonya kills Kano and then immediately knows how to shoot lasers out of her arms. Oh, yeah, she just shows up and he's just like, ah, parting gift from Kano. <laughs> yeah, check it out. Kill him with the garden gnome. Yeah. Everyone knows what my power does immediately. What's yours, Cole? No one can figure it the fuck out. I got laser forearms. Yeah. Explains itself. Uh, who would be the magician arcana? I would think that that would be Johnny Cage. Well, that'd be Raiden, wouldn't it? Magician? No, because the magician's usually like your your pal who also um, okay, like, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, who's also a weird sex pervert most of the time. <laughs> sure. So that definitely would be Johnny Cage. Who would be um, Moon? Oh God, who is the most? Well, probably Colvin. I was gonna say who's the most pathetic character in Mortal Kombat. Then I yeah. immediately came up with the answer. I think Raiden would be like a hierophant. Okay, or because it's usually associated. Yeah, it's usually associated with a more wizened, uh, elderly character. Yeah, yeah, because that's what um, yeah. Coffee Dad is, right? I believe he's hierophant. I think that um, Dojima is hierophant yeah. too. Okay, so, can't remember who's hierophant in three, but. Whatever, who cares? Uh, yeah, I'd... hmm. If the cast of Mortal Kombat existed in the Persona universe, who would be who? I got to form an S link with Scorpion for sure. <laughs> well, he's devil. And he'd get right? that all the way up. Yeah. Oh no, he'd be deaf. Mm, That's uh, an easy yeah, one. I he'd guess be so. deaf. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. See, S link in this game though it stands for Scorpion Link. You got to get your Ooh. Scorpion Link up with everybody. Yeah. So every time you get another one up on the cards, it just shows his like little scorpion hook, like jump between each card. Uh-huh. Yeah, stabs right through it. That's how you know you ranked up. This is a gribble of an idea. <laughs> yes. Get me, get Ed Boon on the blower. <laughs> I have a game to pitch to him. Nether Realms and Atlas teaming up at last. <laughs> Actually, maybe we don't want this. We'll just end up like that fucking Fire Emblem game. Uh, have barely anything to do with either of them. Uh, no, I like I said, I, I yeah. Shut up! I only got one dungeon. Yeah, yeah, I only got one dungeon into it. I really need to eventually get back to that game. I know, but you I was will, disappointed that it was neither. Yeah, I, well, no, I have it on the Wii U. I know, but you can play it on the Switch. Yeah, but my Wii U is hooked up, whereas yeah. my Switch is not. Yeah, get on the Switch. If uh, I could play it on the Wii U. It's the thing. Anyway, there is a said that. <laughs> there is a significant portion of this movie that is just dedicated to Cole. I didn't like that stuff. I think the sound mixing is really off in a few scenes. Um, but those are really my biggest complaints about it. Not like enough that, of and the again, theme. The, the lack of also. Yeah, not you, enough of the you theme. Get a little bit of it, like when Scorpion says "Get over here," you get the dun 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 dun. Yeah, that's about it. I get it. They were saving it for that. Yeah. That, like that was their moment. They they went for it. But like then when you actually get it during the credits, like not my favorite version of the Mortal no. Kombat theme. Um, it does not. The notes don't hit as hard as you would expect them to. There's a certain squishiness to that song. I'm not good at describing music, <laughs> so figure it out. Shocking. But 
Yeah, so th there's stuff about this that I didn't like, but I still enjoyed it. I think if I paid money and I saw this in a theater, I'd be more disappointed. The fact that I can just sit down on my couch at home and watch it on HBO, like, at this point, that makes every movie that I might feel very, like, middling on way better. So there's a, a movie coming up on HBO Max called, um, what is it, like, Those Who Wish Me Dead or something with Angelina Jolie. And I saw that first, mm -hmm. I was like, ah, I don't give a crap. And then I saw that it's uh, from Taylor Sheridan. And then I was way more interested, and now I am very excited to watch it. Mm. Uh, I'll pretty much just watch Sicario anything on... Sicario uh, Wind River, by the way, in case you don't know who yeah. that is. Okay. Yeah, I know, but it's good for anyone listening who does not. Okay. Um... <laughs> for the listeners at home. <laughs> yeah. But I... Again, I, I talked about this with Godzilla vs. Kong that I, I think being able to just sit down on the couch and watch these things, just drink a beer, eat my own food that's not, you know, overpriced popcorn, like, it makes movies way more enjoyable. So yeah. even something that I would have been upset paying money for in a theater becomes a good movie when I'm watching it from home. Yeah, I don't have to so. drive an hour for the privilege of some old freak, like, making disgusting noises in my ear. Yeah, no, you just sit down and you do that once a week with me. Yeah, uh, but the, the people I see who are just like can't wait to get back to the movie theater. I do not relate to them at all. Uh, this is pretty much the way I want to do it until the end of time. Fuck movie theaters. Mm hmm. So, uh, yeah, I I enjoyed it. I guess is what I'm saying. Uh, I'm looking forward to them doing another because I I would hope that they take our advice because I know they're listening and drop. Cole That's right. We're very influential in Hollywood. Yeah. Uh, Yes, yeah, people Adkins. listen to the podcast. Yeah, they... I mean they they got Joe Taslam, who's like sort of the guy for action movies. But mm -hmm. like Scott Adkins, he's number two. He's he's he holds a special place in my heart. Everybody should watch uh, Universal Soldier: Day of Reckoning, a uh, very yes. weird, insane movie. Yeah. Well, that's uh, Mortal Kombat. Yep, that's another it. video game movie for the books. Uh, I'd put it up there with Mario movie. And not quite as good. You. No, it's not as good. But I'm just saying, like, out of all the like actual video game movies that are watchable, you, it's pretty much like you, there's maybe three or four of them. Would you say you like this or the uh, '90s one more? '90s. Yeah, me too. '90s, I feel, is like more so. Neither of them are perfect, right? This yeah. new Mortal Kombat movie, I think it needed to be more cheesy. Yeah, see, that it was kind of my thing. more electronic like, music. The the old one, it misses kind of the point of the games by being PG-13 and yes. uh, not nearly violent enough. But everything else, like tone-wise, I feel like it gets down pretty good. Yeah, if you married the gore of this movie with the tone of the original, I think you'd pretty much have the perfect Mortal Kombat movie. Also, the original has Johnny Cage in it. Yes. Uh, so when you ask me which one is my favorite, it's the original because Johnny Cage, and also I like that version of Raiden and Sang Shun yeah, yeah. like way better. So, uh, I mean, they're both very watchable. At sure. least, like you can't say that about a lot of video game movies. Most of them are just horrible from top to bottom. Yeah. Uh, I think they're pretty good. Um, what if they made a movie about Star Fox? Uh. But instead, it would be that Star Fox is in the real world now because 
Of course. It'd be the only way they'd let you do it, Larry. Should they? You can't they should, just have. They would still one of those talk the same way, movies. though. Just like. Wah, 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 wah. Yeah, of course. Like they would just have. It would be like the Tom and Jerry movie in that. <laughs> You wouldn't really understand the cartoon characters because they don't speak the same language. And also, it's boring and unwatchable. <laughs> okay. See, <laughs> personally, I'm a fan of uh, Star Fox 64, so I'm used to, geez Louise, what is that? And, uh, oh, I Uncle guess I should Andrus. be thankful. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> personally, I like, Andros, I failed you! <laughs> Your daddy screamed favorites. real good before he died. <laughs> You're becoming more like your father. Uh, <laughs> Use the boost to get through. Extremely game. Oh, uh, what's the one that Slippy says where it's like, "I'll have your carcass," and it's just like really upsetting coming out of Slippy. <laughs> yeah, it's that's fucked weird. up. Now, if you did like a live action Star Fox thing, they would all have to be puppets. Yes. You'd have to get the Jim the 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 Jim creature Jim, Jim Croce. Need to get the Jim Henson Creature Workshop involved, uh, but then you'd have a horrible like audience surrogate Muppet for a Star oh, no. Fox crew member, and it would be the worst. Uh, the dog from Star Fox was, too. I was kind of thinking about this uh, because of the stuff that came out with the uh, Sonic Two, the movie. How like it's still set in the real world, and you still got the real world actors, and how that's kind of upsetting to me too. Because the end of that first movie sets up like Robotnik is in the Sonic world now, and I thought like, okay, they're just going to like shift over into like that world, and it's going to take place there, and that'd be way more fun, and you could do a lot more imaginative and creative stuff with that. But I guess no, instead, it's still going to take place in the real world. It just drives me insane that, like, you could do these sort of, like, mascot character movies. Just do them all, like, make it a cartoon. Like, a CG cartoon. It'd be fine. So, I don't know. If they ever did a Star Fox, they'd probably set it in the real world. Because, I guess, just doing a cartoon movie is a line that they're still not willing to cross. Not that they'll ever do that, though. Just do a Star Fox Star Trek crossover. Who cares? That'd be good. Nintendo's not ever going to do, like, another movie or a thing though i know that they said that that mario thing is going yeah, to happen but like is. i extremely i doubt that that's already uh, done i think really yeah because it's being it's uh animated from the um the minions people all right that is going to be a full cartoon thing okay yeah. good that's exactly what i want then so <laughs> awesome i get uh... my thing it's a cartoon and it's made by the minion people i couldn't ask <laughs> for anything better than that do you um, think there will be fart jokes in it? Yes, I think there's going to be fart jokes in it. What the? Why the fuck would you ask me that? Because <laughs> I don't want there to be. There shouldn't be in Mario. It, it should just. Okay, all right. My prediction for the Mario, <laughs> the new Mario movie. Someone is going to say "Mama Luigi." Yes, there's going to be a Koopa who's holding his stomach. He's like, oh, "I ate too many of those Yoshi eggs," and then Mario stomps on him in a fart blasts out of the back end of the turtle shell <laughs> okay that would be funny yeah mario uses that farting turtle at the end of the movie because the fart propels him faster so he hits it and it just flies at king koopa and knocks him out sends him into the stratosphere <sighs> you know you can't I fart think you farting koopa in soul storm <laughs> bullshit it's the yeah. worst of the odd world games <laughs> That's not true. Uh, Spoken as somebody who has not played Munch's Odyssey. Okay, that's 
Yeah. I mean, of like the classic type of Odd World games, not the uh, the other ones. Although there's exactly two of those, and Stranger's yeah. Wrath is apparently very good. So whatever, it it's like splitting hairs at that point. Um, yeah, no, uh, Star Fox, I played the original. I played Star Fox 2. Uh, and I played Star Fox 64. Yeah. Now we have to talk about them. All the right. original Star Fox, Larry. <laughs> not a good game. No, it is not. I think it, this is another case of if you saw this and played this at the time, it would have blown your mind. But uh, when you're approaching this for the first time as a grown adult in the 2020s, it's really, really rough. Well, I will say, technically impressive, yes, that they were like... They were getting 3D graphics of the Super Nintendo However yeah. uh, I mentioned this during our GoldenEye stream But I saw that at a kiosk As a kid and was like this looks like Crap this is near unplayable I didn't know what frame rate Frame rates were at the time But even then I was like this is Really choppy yeah. Do not like it uh, But then Well of course Star Fox 2 did not come out here But Star Fox 64 came out I loved it I played that game yeah. a ton Star Fox 64 actually runs at a fairly stable frame rate. There are parts of that game when you, when you where the there's a lot going on in it. Also, it really chugs, yeah. but but it's parts of the game where on the Nintendo 64 is definitely expected. Whereas the rest of that actually runs surprisingly good on the Nintendo 64. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like the the first Star Fox is a game that I've always kind of been aware of. Like weirdly, I, I don't know how, but I completely missed out that Star Fox was even a thing that existed until the Nintendo sixty four uh, game came out. Like mm -hmm. I had no idea. I never seen Star Fox in a magazine. Amazingly, I never had any friends who talked about Star Fox. So when I played the Nintendo sixty four version, and I was finally told that it's based on a like a Super NES game, like. I kind of wanted to go back and play that, but never could get my hands on it. Yeah, I don't know, uh, like, how popular the SNES one even was. Um, because, yeah, I'm not sure. Like, yeah, I didn't have much interest with it as a kid, and then when 64 came out, I was kind of like, whoa, this is way better. Like, why yeah. did they make a sequel to that game? Um, but yeah. I don't know, I, I guess... Why did they make two sequels to that game? There's one you didn't even well, get your fucking hands on. That's right. I didn't even know that one existed at the time. Yeah. Which, uh, that's a, a whole thing with Star Fox 2, is that that had a lot of coverage in magazines, apparently. Which, again, like, all this went over my head, because I didn't know about Star Fox until the Nintendo 64, but, like, mm -hmm. when researching for, for doing this episode found out that like a lot of screens appeared in magazines like the press had their hands on the game and were talking about it and it was done the yeah. game was pretty much complete there were just like some bugs that needed to get worked out and like a little bit more polish that needed to be put into it but it was finished and it was tested um and then nintendo decided well we need to make a more clean break between 3D games on the the Super Nintendo and the Nintendo 64, because at that point in time, the Nintendo 64 was due out like less than a year away. It did not meet that target. The Nintendo 64's release got pushed back, and so I think there was about a two-year span of time where they could have put out Star Fox 2 and preempted like Nintendo's 3D console, uh, but they still did not do it. Mm -hmm. So it it just kind of like languished on a hard drive in an office for years and years. And then I think in the early 2000s, a prototype got released. A, I think it was like actually a fairly unfinished prototype. And then a more complete one released a few years after that. And that's the one that like 
is playable and beatable and that I think a lot more people have accessed before the Super NES Mini came out. Because um, that's the one that I played. I played the ROM that has been floating around on the internet for some time because I did not get suckered into an SNES Mini. I got an SNES Mini. A maniac. Nah, why not? <laughs> But you have to play the first level of the original Star Fox to unlock it. Why the fuck would you want to do that? Well, look, sometimes you have to make sacrifices. No, I suppose that's true. Uh, but yeah, like I, I at least they I don't make you play through all game. of Star Fox to get it. That yes, that is good on them that they don't make you do that. Um, I also just think it's completely crazy that they finally released that game, and that's the format it released on. Mm-hmm. Like, I think it's available now on the eShop, right? I don't think so. They don't have a virtual console. How are they going to put it out? I thought that you could still purchase that game and just play it on a Switch. It might actually be part of, like, the SNES Classic Collection. Oh, the, um... It might be what I'm thinking of. Nintendo Switch Online thing? Maybe. I don't know. It could be. Uh, I don't know either. Not that I would want to play it like that. (laughs) So, whatever. Um... I am Whatever, curious. Though, man, like, what she's the... connected to your TV using controller. Who cares? Why? No, I don't understand this. Like, I don't want to play it like that. I refuse because I'd have to buy a classic controller for it. First of all, no, you don't. Or not a classic controller, a pro, a pro controller. I mean, because I don't want to use the fucking Joy Cons. Oh well, yeah. Because even true. in my tiny little manlit hands, they still feel uncomfortable. I don't know who they were designed for. No human being's hands have evolved to be able to comfortably hold the Joy Cons. I'm not wasting 60 bucks to play more games on the Switch if I can play those games on anything else. But Reminder I might have the, to anyway because No More Heroes is coming out in August. The Switch Pro this controller is... is $80. Fuck. <laughs> yeah. They knew that they designed something so bad that they could charge out the ass for a better controller and people would pony up for it. Yeah, that's true. Uh, or how about this? I could just emulate it and I could play it on an 8-bit dough. Which costs $30 and is way more comfortable than a Joy-Con. Even though it's still based on an SNES controller, which is not the most comfortable controller. I'm trying to look at uh, like the list of games available. I like how they have a list here is not in any sort of order, which is really cool. Yeah. It's just like Metroid, Soccer, Mario Brothers, Ice Climber, Mario Brothers 3, Ghosts and Goblins. <laughs> There's no way to filter the list. Uh, this is just on Nintendo's website. It's just like, oh, okay. Here are the included games: Scat, Special Cybernetic Attack Team. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta specify that. People need to know it stands for something. Uh, I thought that was the way that was actually arranged on the actual app too. Was that they just Probably. they appear there in different sizes and that it's in no particular order? Yeah, um, I don't anyway. even see uh, Star Fox th- One on here actually. So, huh? Yeah. Well, so yeah, I, I went back and I played Star Fox 1. I did these in order. Star Fox 1, uh, we kind of already got into it, but the frame rate is the key issue for me. It makes a lot of that game very, like, needlessly difficult. You ever played uh, it uh, on emulator, cranking the CPU speed up? No. It's I thought weird. about doing that, but then I also thought that if I'm going to come here and talk about Star Fox, I should give it like a fair review. Like I should review it from the perspective of what it's actually like to play that game without tweaking it. Oh yeah. And the frame rate is like a cinematic eight frames a second. So that seems it high. Not... 
you know, uh, cats. So, you ever see a cat watch a TV? Yeah. Cats see and perceive things at a different speed than human eyes. So, something on a TV ends up appearing like a slideshow to them. Yeah. They they can't actually see the movement of it. It's just a bunch of flashing images. Star Fox is like a cat simulator. It's like I'm a cat <laughs> playing a video game or watching a TV. Yeah. It's, it's fucking untenable. <laughs> like, I, I really do not like the original Star Fox. It's got some really good music. The music for Fortuna is really funky, and I like it. Bib Fortuna. Uh, Corneria. That's right. <laughs> Corneria is one of the all-time greats as far as video game music goes. Yeah. Uh, I, I like the look of it, like the you know 16-bit era 3d graphics where nothing is really like textured at all oh yes just, just here's a bunch flat of flat polygons yeah everything's really angular the most they do as far as the texture is they might have the star fox like team logo on the side of the r wing and that's it uh but it's like it looks neat i, I really like that stuff um ex zodiac is a game that is coming out that is trying to emulate that uh and i really think that the look of that game is fantastic and i'm excited for it because uh, it looks like a playable Star Fox. It's a modern Star Fox that is just done in that visual style. Your own so very playable Star Fox. <laughs> That's right. Um, and so I thought that going back and playing the original Star Fox, like, oh man, the only way I'm going to be able to play a game that looks like this and it's actually playable is EX Zodiac when that comes out, or, or any other Star Fox knockoff that I am as of yet unaware of. And then I started playing Star Fox 2. And Larry, Star Fox 2 is great. Yeah, it is. Star Fox 2 is incredibly good. Uh, it is it turned you Italian. It's uh, incredibly good. That's right. I like this game. <laughs> um, Star Fox 2 is a spicy <laughs> meatball. Oh, man, I like Star Fox 2 so much it turned me into a racist. <laughs> you can't be racist <laughs> against Italians. We've been over this. That's, that's true. We have established that at numerous points on this podcast. Um, Star Fox 2 apparently used the Super FX2 chip, which had like a, the clock speed on that was twice as high. Mm -hmm. It plays smoother than the original Star Fox. It's still really framey, but it's not like slideshow framey. It's, it's mostly so, like the sort of, uh, parts where you're the walker are the worst of that. Yeah. And like, that is a very small amount of that game yeah. really. So the original Star Fox is just, it's its pretty much an on-rails shooter thing. You get to the end of the level, you fight a boss, you go level to level. Uh, there's different paths that you can pick. That's as complicated as it gets. Uh, Star Fox 2 becomes kind of a real-time strategy game. Uh, you have to protect Corneria, which has a damage meter, and then on the other end of the map you got Venom, where Andros is located. And Andros is sending uh, enemy ships and missiles after you. And a random assortment of the planets in between will have missile encampments, and so you have to free those planets. Mm -hmm. um, you have battle cruisers that are coming in, and then you also have to deal with members of Star Wolf, uh, which I had no idea actually made their debut debut in this game and not Star Fox 64. Uh, so it was neat seeing them show up. Yeah. Uh, but the way this manifests mechanically is that you have to intercept missiles and enemy craft before they get to Corneria and do damage. And so those are like completely, like the movement is entirely in 3D. It is a like a, a Rogue Squadron-esque kind of thing where you need to fly around and get in dogfights. 
And it's almost like um, like XCOM or something with the time management, like sort of trying to juggle these different things uh, and having sort of a ticking doom timer going down. Yeah, it's cool. It it adds it. It adds a sense of urgency to it. It is an idea that I don't think you would find to be very common for an SNES game. For uh, having those sort of real time for a Nintendo game in general, sure. Um, you can stop missiles from coming in by freeing planets that have the missile encampments, and when you go there, you can go about it as, like, the R-Wing, but they really want you to turn into this, like, chicken walker thing. Yeah. Uh, And it has some, like, light platforming elements of throwing switches and getting into bases and destroying generators and bosses to free the planet. Um, Some of that stuff appears in space battles as well. There are, like, um, aircraft carrier that you have to infiltrate and destroy the core of, and you become the chicken walker in those two. Um, So it splits the gameplay between those two things. Apparently, they wanted to go even harder originally with the chicken walker stuff. They wanted that to... um, What what game did they compare it to? They wanted it to be more roguelike and similar to Star Luster. Okay, uh, what is Star Luster? It is a family computer arcade and X6800 game. Okay. Uh, it was developed by Namco. Mm. Can't trust yeah, them. Yeah, it, it it's a it's like a it's a it's similar to Star Fox, but if you're in like a first person view, like inside yeah. the cockpit of the ship, basically. Okay. Um. Yeah, like that. That is, I I think also a wise decision that they make is when you're in the R wing, you go into a first person view automatically, so you don't have like your ship taking up the dead middle of the screen, so you can't see what you're shooting at. Well, that so, like, that's another reduces, issue I have with it reduces the amount of polygons are having to draw, which boosts yeah. the performance quite a bit. I bet that's yeah. probably the main reason for it. Likely, yeah. Um, but yeah, the the chicken walker stuff. I guess they wanted those levels to be a lot larger, more labyrinthine uh, than they actually were. Uh, I think it was a wise decision to not make them more than what they are. Like all the missions go by pretty briskly, and I think that really works to the game's pacing, where you have that timer you're dealing with, so everything just feels a lot more snappy. Like you're always in a rush to get things done. You always have that sense of urgency. Um, before we move on from this, though, I did want to mention another game that apparently inspired this was Fortune Street, which is a Larry Davis favorite. Yes. Yeah. How <laughs> did it inspire Star Fox 2? Can you buy so... stocks in Star Fox 2? <laughs> no, but you should be able to. Uh, Katsuya Iguchi, who was the director of the game, uh, he really was a fan of Fortune Street, and vaguely this says that he was inspired by more strategic gameplay elements uh, so i i think that kind of in might have fed more into wanting to have a more like strategy focus of needing to figure out what you need to prioritize as far as taking out encampments and that's right and i have to strategize uh where to place my stores so then wario can <laughs> roll whatever dice he needs to completely avoid every property i own because that game is one of the most blatant cheating games I've ever seen. The Wii one, anyway, which is the only one that came out here. Wario is uh, playing the game, and the game is you. That's right. I will have, like, a stretch of properties where there's, like, one safe place to land that will not bankrupt him, and he will always land on the one safe space. <laughs> that game oh, is terrible, and I love it. 
Yeah. That's why you need to play that's why I want you to play it with me like somehow with multiplayer because at least then like if it is cheating at least it'll be in favor of a human instead of just That's true. Bowser like screwing yeah. me over at every opportunity. Princess Peach like somehow getting every property she needs to have a monopoly of an area. Come on. Yeah, we should figure out a way to do that and stream it. I think that would be fun. Yeah. Um but Yeah, uh Again, this game was famously canceled. Uh, another component of that was the Super FX2 chip uh, that I brought up. I wanted to mention that apparently that raised the cost of production significantly. Uh, the specs of the Super FX2 was what Argonaut wanted Nintendo to go with for the original Super FX chip, but it would have cost way too much to manufacture carts like that. And if I remember right, the original Star Fox, it released at a much higher price tag than what was typical of games at that time. Um I meant to look it up, forgot to do that. I want to say it was like an eighty to a hundred dollar game back when it released. Probably. That was pay like, extra for that Super FX. And that was like early nineteen nineties money, so that's like a thousand dollars in twenty twenty <laughs> cash. Yeah. Um. But yeah, like I, I would wonder if then the Super FX two would have made the cost of the game rise even higher. Uh, although honestly, between those two games, uh, pay the extra money and play a much better game in Star Fox two. Uh. Another game that I wonder if it cost more when it came out, and I should have looked it up, and I'm just now realizing that I should have done that, is Star Fox 64, because it came with the Rumble Pack. Yep. I wonder if that cost more money than what everything else did at the time. I think it was Uh. basically sort of marketed as, like, free Rumble Pack with game. I wonder. Because that was a whole big thing about the marketing push for this game was including the Rumble Pack. Yeah. Because it made you feel like you were in the game, Larry. It makes you feel like you're in the cockpit. Yeah. Uh, so the interesting thing about Star Fox 64 to me is it brings in Star Wolf, but it cuts the extra two characters that were introduced in Star Fox 2 for some reason. Yeah. Well, nobody liked and them. And Maya, well, I like them. <laughs> it doesn't matter. I'm not, a fur- I'm not a furry, but the cast of Star Damn. Fox 6. Star- the cast of Star Fox 2 is a lot more fuckable than the cast of Star Fox 1. <laughs> Here we go. They should have brought him. They should have brought him back for the Nintendo sixty four version. Who's the other? There was the poodle, and who's the other one? It's like a lynx. Oh right, yeah. Yeah, sexy lynx. Like the Atari the lynx. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, those characters have never returned, <laughs> as far as I know. I think that they've made like surrogates of those characters because there's like a like horny crystal. cat in Star Fox sixty four, and I think that the horny cat is supposed to be like a stand-in for the dog i think the dog like winks at you and blows a kiss when you choose her in the uh in star fox 2 it might have been the links that does that i, I don't can't like remember. it anyway you have a horny cat in star fox 64 that's got a thing for falco uh i just wanted to bring up the horny cat and yeah sure you have crystal later on in the series which everyone likes crystal a little too I much don't. if you ask me but I don't. Oh. I don't like anything about uh, Star Fox Adventures. What garbage game that is! Telling me you don't enjoy Dinosaur Planet? I never it's played a whole Dinosaur planet, planet of Dinosaurs. But I can tell you, there... I hate Star Fox Adventures. You can play Dinosaur Planet right I know. now. Yeah, I if know. If you I look could. on the if you look on the right parts of the internet, I don't want to. Because <laughs> it's just like a worse version of Star Fox Adventures, a game I already don't like. I can't tell if there's like two builds of that game that's out right now or if it's just one, but like I thought it didn't have Fox McCloud in it. 
And then I was watching it's... a YouTube video yesterday where apparently the build that is out there has Fox McCloud. So they were in that transitory period where Miyamoto demanded it become a Star Fox game, but it was still on the Nintendo 64. Yes. So your character is Fox, but I think they still call him the previous name, or it might be the other way around. Like the, it's the, the old that character, I saw, but they call him Fox. The scene that I saw, it looks a lot like Fox, but there is some stuff about the character model that maybe, yeah, it's it's that thing where it's the older model. But he has, like, voice dialogue where he's saying, like, I'm Fox, Mac- Fox right. McCloud, Royal Knight of the Lilad Army, which, like, even that's weird to me because Star Fox 64, like, at the end of the game, they make the whole point that, like, Fox, the, the Star Fox team, they're not soldiers for Lilat. They're hired guns. The best part of Star Fox 64 is you get to build a fucking army at the end of the game, mm-hmm. and you make General Pepper stressed out when you do really well. He's like, that's a steep bill. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but then everybody, you get like their uh, Star Wars ceremony where they get the medals. Yeah, and it takes place on like a pre-rendered background, so uh-huh. it's just the models walking into a picture. So I love that stuff about this era of gaming. Um. But yeah, Star Fox 64, it definitely plays more like the original Star Fox. Uh, level progression is a lot more dynamic, though, because you can kind of bounce between different planets without necessarily choosing a set path. It's based on certain conditions, either obvious or more hidden in levels, that will then veer you off in one direction or another. Yeah, like um, secret sort of warp areas you can get into that will take you to different paths and whatnot. And then and even so stuff you like you know, up, hit hit all the switches on the railroad yeah. and get to, like you'll get this different boss and then you can go on this other path. Yeah, uh, if you look up a map of Star Fox sixty four on Google that routes things out, it will make your head spin. It's <laughs> yeah, just a lot of different colored lines jutting off one planet to another <laughs> to try to communicate what you need to do to go where. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I decided that I had to see every planet. In Star Fox 64, and I did manage to accomplish that. That wouldn't be hard um, to do. It's a little time-consuming, especially because my game crashed at the end of like one of the routes, which okay. was very upsetting to me. It just the sound went completely haywire, and then the screen went black. And the same thing has been happening to me in Mischief Makers, hmm. and I'm worried that something is going on with my Nintendo 64. Shake, shake. You shook the cartridge too much. That was the problem. <laughs> I shook the whole N64. What are you talking about? Yeah. Um, I mean, it just as a brief tangent, with Mischief Makers, I wanted to get all the gold gems. I don't think I'm going to be able to do that because no. you have to beat the bosses without taking damage. Yeah, don't. And one of them, the, the first boss, consistently crashes every single time. Like, I've beaten him and moved on in the story, but coming back to him, it causes the cart to behave real weird and then the game freezes uh it'll like take character portraits and put them like over the dialogue box and in like the corner of the screen and like marina will start like glitching out and going through different animations like during the cutscene it's really weird like everything freaks the fuck out and it crashes um so yeah i'm I'm probably not gonna be able to 100 percent that game just i wanted to get that out of the way now (laughs) okay um less to do with not being able to beat the bosses without taking damage although that also sucks shit yeah i was gonna say like glitches aside i would not recommend anybody like try to 100 percent mischief makers it's a bummer because like i've gotten all the yellow gems in every single level except for the two boss levels so far where you have to do them no damage 
Okay. Because like otherwise they're not that tough to the, the hundred meter dash one is a pain in the ass. Because mm. you have to beat that under like eleven seconds, and that is asking a lot. Like I think I beat it at like ten point nine seconds or something like that, and my thumb felt like it was gonna fall off my hand. Um anyway, Mischief Makers is a game for another time. Uh Star Fox 64. I do like the branching pad stuff. I think it gives the game a lot of replayability. Uh, it gets you really invested in trying to just figure out what weird exit might lie somewhere in the level. And I think a lot of that stuff, when you discover it, gives you a very, like, it's very rewarding. Like, when I found out that I had weight on a boss and had him, like, smack Slippy onto some other planet. Mm -hmm. And it was just because I thought that I couldn't hit the boss at the time, so I was chilling out. And I was just like, oh, that's neat. That's cool. I'm going to get to another planet because I let Slippy get his ass kicked. Yeah. Oh, God. Um, All the levels, I think, are pretty good. They all have interesting gimmicks to them. Uh, you know, you get a couple levels in the Landmaster, which is neat. You only get one level in the submarine. Yeah, that's the worst one. Yeah, it's probably good that they only have one level with the submarine. Uh, my So my experience with this game as a kid is my grandpa had it. Uh, but before he had, he had the VHS tape or was the representative from Sony and the representative from Sega. And they needed to find out that new game those kids at Nintendo were working on. And so they had that like plush of Mario and they put his head in the vice and they were using it to like threaten the Nintendo guy. Do you know what I'm talking about? No. You've never seen this? No. It's great. They like fucking Goodfellas Mario. They pop his eye out. <laughs> That's Casino. But yeah. Casino, I'm sorry. Joe Pesci over there going like, all that, you made me pop your fucking eye out for Star Fox. <laughs> no, I have no idea what you're talking about. Oh, man, I need to link you this thing after this podcast. It's weird as shit. Right. They don't actually pop Mario's eye out. <laughs> just get that out of there, just to let you know, to taper your expectations. Nintendo put out a series of promotional VHS tapes back in the 90s. You subscribed to them, they would end up in your mailbox, and they were always wild. Like, the Donkey Kong Country one was framed as a guy infiltrating the Nintendo treehouse to get a look at the game. Uh, there was the Diddy Kong Racing one, where they framed that as, like, a Steve Irwin type of show. But the guy who was like going into the wild to find Diddy Kong got horribly fucked up and is in a body cast the entire time. <laughs> and like, so they interview like him Tim, and he just like It was like Tim going into the forest to get a picture of Chippy and just like ending yes. up maimed and the snuggler has to come <laughs> get him out. That's exactly it. Okay. They, if I remember right, they interview him about Diddy Kong racing, and like his character can only communicate in like muffled screams of agony because he's got like a full like face cast and everything on he looks like neil breen at the beginning of people <laughs> findings great all right and now that i've said that i just want another one of these videos but it's neil breen explaining diddy kong racing that'd be great uh Who the, am the I? famous john where am i <laughs> the famous john lovett's banjo kazooie yes. tape is another one of that series um, i know that most one. well known of them yeah uh, but yeah, the Star Fox one is uh, the, the, a guy from Sony and a guy from Sega, and they need to find out what uh, Nintendo is working on. And they take him hostage and like threaten him. And then it turns out it's Star Fox 64. And they end, they like love playing Star Fox 64, but then they're like, I work with Sega. I can't be seen liking a Nintendo game. 
but I watched this tape like all the time as a kid and it got me really excited for Star Fox. And so when it came out, my grandpa got it. We played the hell out of it. Uh, and I have not played that game since I was a kid. So I had these very vague memories of how to get through certain levels and what certain levels even were. And so it was kind of fun just taking a blind pass through the game and trying to apply these decades old memories to try to map my way through. Mm-hmm. And like one of the ones that I remember the most is that there were two different versions of Andros. Yes. There was one where he's a robot. Yep. And then mm. there was another where he's a brain. Yep. And then there's uh the brain one is where your dad shows that the spirit of your dad or whatever. Yeah, and he he leads you out and uh Venom is like collapsing around you. Yeah. And it's a really cool scene. Like I like that a lot. Um that brain boss fights a son of a bitch though. Moving to all arrange mode. Uh, <laughs> the the words nobody ever wants to hear. <laughs> it's funny to me how good that stuff plays in Star Fox 2 and then Star Fox 64 all range is probably the weakest part of the game. Yeah. Um there is a I don't know what is up with trying to do like U-turns and somersaults in it, but it feels very imprecise and that like final venom fight with Star Wolf is a nightmare because Star Wolf just hangs behind you and mimics your moves and so it's tough shaking him. Uncle and he can just start stumbling. <laughs> I'm gonna take care of you, peppy old pal. It's the other line that I remember. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a. Uh, I like the Star Fox like stuff, yeah. but like the the voice cast in Star Fox 64 is still pretty good too. Oh yeah, it's yeah. The right amount of corny and overacted, and I like it. Um. Yeah, so I, I like Star Fox 64 a whole lot. I think it's one of the best games on the Nintendo 64. Correct. It's a, it's a damn shame what happened to Star Fox after that. <laughs> Fucking dinosaur planet. Yeah. Then uh, I was considering getting Star Fox Zero because I really like that the character portraits animate like they're puppets. And then you and Danny helpfully reminded me about all the motion control bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, oh, maybe not. Apparently you can shut that off, but it makes the game way harder. People seem to like um, Command, which I think was a DS game. I don't know that I played that. I played uh, Assault on GameCube, and that was not good. That, was, that had Command, the on-foot parts. Command's art style, though, I find like absolutely repulsive. Like okay. the, the drawings they use for cutscenes and stuff look hideous to me. Hmm. And I can't get past that, but apparently that game is modeled after Star Fox 2. Like, when they designed that, they were taking a lot of ideas they had for that game and putting it in there, under the assumption that Star Fox 2 is just never ever going to come out. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, Assault, I know virtually nothing about. Uh, I think it's time for them to do another Star Fox. Like, come on. Do another Star Fox, but just do it like the Nintendo 64 version. I think that's all people really want. Don't bog it down with some dumbass gimmicks. The issue, I think, would be uh, releasing a 40-minute game in 2021 or 2 or whenever that would come out. Here's the thing, though. If they really wanted to do it, I think they could do it on a low budget and make it look like the original Star Fox, but play smooth. They could do the EX Zodiac thing, and people would eat that shit up. Mega Man 9-style thing, yeah. Yeah. But, like, also, consider this. It is Nintendo. Okay, Nintendo fans are insane. <laughs> Nintendo fans are insane 
and they would absolutely pay $60 for a 40-minute game because Star Fox is on the box. And weren't you saying, like, I'm probably going to buy a new Pokemon Snap? Yeah, when it hits $43 <laughs> on Black Friday. Yeah, you, know, you need to get a deal. <laughs> that's right, and that's as good as a deal as I'm ever going to get. Uh, I bought Nocturne for 50 bucks. I finally caved. Hey, so. and uh, the subject for next week, I also caved and bought uh, Near Automata. Or, uh, near replicant, sorry. Mm. Uh, so more on that next well, week. But... Uh, I think it's just best to rank the Star Foxes against right. each other. And it's in reverse order. The best yeah. one is Star Fox 64, Star Agreed. Fox 2, and then if I could find a place even lower than that to put the original Star Fox, I would. But unfortunately, it's it's just under Star Fox 2, I guess. Sure. Yeah. You agree with that order, though? Yes. Okay. I shouldn't even have to ask that because no. I just assume that's the correct order. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Well, uh, that's it for the podcast then. Next week, um, so I'll have a couple other games. I'm playing two things right now, and I'm pretty sure I'll beat them by next week. Uh, and then you know what happens after that, Larry. We die. Oh, I wish. If we could be so fortunate. But instead, we get to get sat on by Tall Vampire Lady because <gasps> Resident Evil 8 will finally be out. Yeah, I, I remember I'm getting it from Gamefly, though, so you'll have you quite see, a lead on me. What? Did you see the uh, bit from the latest demo with the fat salesman guy? No. I know he exists. I was telling you about the fat salesman guy, but no, he... I don't know what you're talking about. I'm debating if I want to tell you what's no, going on don't with the Fat Salesman I'll, Guy. I'll find out. Okay. I'll leave it for you to find out, but you'll be very pleased with the Fat Salesman Guy, I will say that. Okay. I know that you already were, because you called yeah. me up and were just like, did you see this tra- this f- fucking fat dude in the van? It's great, yeah, George. He's the, he's the merchant. You you get yeah. the you shoot goats or whatever and give them food. <laughs> he powers you up. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I'm looking forward to that game. Uh, we will talk about that podcast after next because we will both have it in our hands. Uh, but until then, goodbye, Dinosaur Planet. Good one.